0: Chumbacasino.com Jumba. No process over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Website for details.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of It's Almost Game Day. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Stanley. You can find me on Twitter at BoltFan in Denver, and my co-host is Michael Peterson. Michael What's going on, guys? This is
2: Michael Peterson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zonetracks, um, simply
1: that. And uh, it's good to be here, Stanley. Uh, glad we finally got this thing rolling. Yeah, this has been kind of a long time coming. Um, as you guys may have noticed on Twitter, some of you may have noticed on Twitter, um, Garrett Sisty announced that he has his own separate podcast now from the Lightning Round. Um, and Michael and I are going to be doing two podcasts. Uh, both of them are going to be weekly podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, And this is the first one. And this one is called it's almost game day. Uh, It's going to come out every Saturday. And uh, you can find we I'm setting up a Twitter for this one. It's going to be at almost game day. And so on this show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what happened um, in Chargers news during the week. Uh, We're going to go over the final injury report, which comes out on Fridays. And then uh, give a kind of a little game preview. Nothing nothing too super in-depth because you're going to get plenty of that. So we're just going to give our quick down and dirty thoughts and maybe a quick prediction of the game. Um, and then we're going to wrap up every show by talking about a draft prospect that we like because it's never too early to start draft season. Um, and so obviously uh, Michael and I are really big into the draft. And so we're going to just agree on a guy every week and we're both going to watch his tape and then we're going to have a discussion on him. Mm-hmm. Um and we're gonna be focusing on positions of need for the Chargers. Um, so obviously this season we're we're gonna be looking at probably some offensive tackles, some defensive tackles, uh some quarterbacks probably, uh secondary guys, um, because we're always thin there. And then uh probably some tight ends.
2: Yeah, no, most definitely. And I think you you forgot to mention we we will probably do a little bit of a fantasy forecast for oh, chargers yeah. players. So we will talk about, you know, obviously the obvious guys, Melvin Gordon, uh, being a top fantasy back the last couple of years, guys like Keenan Allen, uh, both the Williams, Tyrell and Mike, um, unfortunately no Hunter Henry this year. Um, you know, RIP to his season, but for the most part, yeah, we'll talk about each player kind of who they're playing, talk about how good of a matchup that is for that player. Um, we'll talk about you know who they're gonna be going up against, wide receiver, cornerback, you know, tight ends, linebackers, that whole thing. Um, so yeah, didn't want to forget that. But uh yeah, man,
1: super stoked. Cool. Yeah, so this is exciting. All right, so let's roll right into it. So uh this week, obviously, uh first week of the season. Um, and it started out on on both a high note and then a low note. So mm-hmm. we got the news that basically everyone was back practicing on Tuesday. Uh, I mean, on Wednesday, Antonio Gates suited up. Uh, Joey Bosa was back limited. Um, at Tyro, I mean, uh, Trevor Williams and Casey Hayward were full goes. Justin Jones. Uh, Justin Jones is a full go. I mean, everything everybody. was, yep, it was sunshine and rainbows. And then Thursday rolls around and everything goes to hell. And now Joey Bosa is no longer practicing. And then fast forward to today, and now he's in a walking boot. I mean, that went to hell fast.
2: Yeah, and I honestly, I couldn't do anything but uh, shake my head at it because, of course, this happens to the Chargers like it does every year. You know, We, uh, we didn't get enough of the injury bug in the offseason with the, the red injury and the Henry injury. And what was so frustrating with this Bosa injury is prior to uh, preseason week three, That game, Lynn said that if this was a regular season game, Joey Bosa was going to play. So for the most part, we all thought, okay, they're just being precautionary. Good idea. We've lost too many good players. Let's just keep them all in bubble wrap until the regular season comes. And then the regular season does get here. And like you mentioned earlier, Tuesday rolls around Uh, It's the first real practice of the week and they just basically say everyone is back so everyone who was limited held out didn't participate the last couple weeks of the preseason they're back everything was sunshine and rainbows until after tuesday's practice on wednesday we find out that all of a sudden joy Bosa's is limited thursday joy Bosa does not participate and then friday we see him walking with a boot and although we learned in the preseason when guys like trevor williams and justin jones were in boots it's not like they broke a foot or broke a bone in their foot excuse me or any real crazy, bad injuries. They're just kind of doing it on more cautionary tail. So, but we also know that with him in a boot on a Friday, you know, he's not gonna, we knew he wasn't going to play Sunday. They officially ruled him out Sunday and we have to go against the chiefs, the divisional rival, um, game one, you know, it had all these, these different storylines going into it. It was going to be such a, a good way to start the season. You know, if we can beat the chiefs for the first time in four years, um, In week one of a season where the team has crazy high expectations, you know, this was going to be the way to start such a good season. And with the loss of Bosa, unfortunately, I'm not going to say it really kills our chances of winning, but it really kills the
1: confidence that I think a lot of people had in the team going into this week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big downgrade from Joey Bosa to Isaac Rochelle. And and Rochelle's probably gonna be the guy that's in there most of the time. And 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 I think another thing this does is it kind of makes the defense more predictable because Isaac Rochelle is gonna be the guy that they're gonna have in there on 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 base downs, like first and second down. But then in pass rush situations that you're probably gonna see a pretty heavy rotation of him coming out and then going to more of like kind of like a NASCAR rush package when they throw Chris Landrum in there. Uh Nuosu's probably gonna get some heavy snaps out there on the edge now. Um, so yeah, it just, it, it kind of stings. Um, but luckily, you know, the chiefs offensive line isn't that, isn't all that great. And the other thing is the chargers aren't the only ones who got stung by the injury bug. The chiefs are, it looks like are going to be without Eric Berry, who is arguably the best player on their defense. Yeah, no, it's right. And, uh, although that is a plus,
2: um, we obviously know that Eric Berry didn't play in either of the games last year as well. Um, a couple other things that are a little unfortunate with the loss of Bosa, what that does is it causes um, the Kansas City offense to focus on sliding protections um, towards the biggest threat, which now obviously is Melvin Ingram. When we have Bosa and Ingram on the field, that offense doesn't know exactly how to handle both edge rushers coming on equal sides. Um, now they can just say we can probably handle Rochelle by himself. And now we can slide and have max protection towards Melvin Ingram. And so that's one of the things that that Joey Bosa's absence is going to cause. It's going to make it a lot easier for that offensive line to to protect, you know, the young quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. And another thing going off on uh, uh, you talking about Barry being out. They're not injuries, but the Kansas City defense is missing both Marcus Peters and Terrence Mitchell, both starting cornerbacks from last year's defense. And if you guys remember, Philip Rivers had a pretty good year. I think he threw minus the Kansas city games. He threw 27 touchdowns to only four interceptions, but in those two games against Kansas city, he had one touchdown to six interceptions. The only positive note now is that five of those interceptions came from Marcus Peters and Terrence Mitchell. So honestly, in those games, it felt like Phillip rivers was seeing ghosts. We thought he felt a lot better um, behind this offensive line last year because they did take a step forward, but It just looked like when the Chiefs were on the field, when he was staring at that defense, it looked like he got way too jumpy. He wanted to launch the ball to Travis Benjamin in double coverage way too often. I think he had at least one interception trying to make a throw like that. But now I think Rivers should feel much more comfortable taking on a defense that basically has two of his biggest threats from last year gone. And they weren't replaced with anyone that special. Kendall Fuller is a young talent from uh, Washington. And then the other starting corner, I think, is Orlando Skandrick, who played for the Cowboys last year, who, again, isn't really that intimidating as a corner. I, I don't think he was anything special when he was with the Cowboys. So going into this game, you know, Sans Bosa, I still think the chances are really, really there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the Chargers. I, I think the Chargers win this game even without Joey Bosa, um, because it, for a lot of the points you just you just mentioned. I mean, uh, Rivers. Part of the reason why he threw so many picks to them is he was he was playing hero ball, and there was a mm-hmm. lot to like try and make up for last year. Yep. With this being the first game in the season, and facing being at home and facing a rookie quarterback in Patrick Mahomes you know there's a lot less pressure on rivers starting this game out and i think he's going to be able to you know stay calm he's got fantastic receiving options i mean keenan allen is going to beat up on whoever he's across from even if it is fuller and then you have tyro williams to worry about we've got mike williams who looked fantastic in the preseason antonio gates is back as as the you know safety blanket you know I I think he probably is super limited I think he probably plays less than twenty snaps in the game uh, probably all in the red zone and maybe some third downs but I mean and and Melvin Gordon who looked great as a receiver out of the backfield last year who they said that they're going to get more involved in the passing game and then obviously Austin Eckler is a really good receiver out of the backfield so Rivers has so many options and the Chiefs secondary is it, it's got some some you know talent deficiency. Um, I think Rivers is going to be able to settle in. He's he's probably going to go for 400 plus yards um, and hopefully, you know, one or less interceptions. Um, And I think another thing to to think about, too, is the fact that Patrick Mahomes basically is a rookie. Um, He he's only had one start in his career and he didn't win. And he's going to be coming out looking to sling the big ball because he's got those speedy wide receivers. He's got Sammy Watkins and Tyree Hill. Yeah, Tyree Hill. So you've got two super fast guys, and then you've got you've got Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield, who's also a speedster. So you know he he's gonna, and that's what he's known for. Patrick Mahomes is that big gunslinger, and so I you know I think the Chargers defense is going to be savvy enough to come away with a couple interceptions on that. It's not going to be like the last four years when Alex Smith is out there playing it safe and managing the game. They're going to have Patrick Mahomes giving their defense, this defense opportunities to take the ball away. Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly right. And another name that we didn't
2: mention before that is no longer with the Kansas city defense is actually veteran linebacker, Derek Johnson. Now I don't recall if he's been that much of an impact player. I know as a career, he's had a very, very healthy career um one of the best to do it over the last 10 to 15 years i think he's around the 33 34 35 age range but again that takes away a veteran presence at a really important position among any defense so dare johnson's out and you've got just looking at the uh the roster right now excuse me the unofficial depth chart for the uh the chiefs they did add anthony hitchens from the cowboys uh he's a former iowa hawkeye just like uh yours truly and he was a, a team captain i believe uh, no, he wasn't with the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me, but he was a multi-year captain at Iowa. Um, one of the leading tacklers with the Cowboys when he's been able to stay healthy and he's actually in the middle with Reggie Ragland. So if that name sounds familiar, he's a former Alabama linebacker, um, who I believe was a first or second round draft pick a number of years ago, maybe, you know, two or three. So you've got some names with, uh, some experience, you know, you've got some talent there. Your left outside linebacker, Justin Houston. Um, we know what he's worth. Uh, one of the best sack artist in the game as well i believe he had 22 a number of years ago or something like that i think him and jj watt both have tied uh michael strahan's record for most sacks in a season or have gotten really close um so we obviously know he's a dangerous threat coming off the edge and we also have d4 now i don't remember um if d4 has done too much lately as well but in college he again was great sack artist. Um, so, I, you know, it's not Melvin Ingram and Joy Bosa, but they've really do got some talent in that front seven. Um, Xavier Williams, Derek Nandi might actually, uh, the rookie out of Florida State, a nose tackle that a lot of people thought the Chargers needed to pick up in the draft. He might actually be one of the starting uh, defensive tackles for the Chiefs as well. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't really stand out on paper, but it's a very underrated unit that I still think can give the Chargers fits if they don't figure out their run game early on um, and with Michael Schofield, I think we talked about it for Lamp obviously isn't starting week one, so we will have Schofield and Joe Barksdale on that right side, not the best duo, um, to give Credit. anybody confidence, unfortunately. Um, but you know, there's nothing we can do right now for Lamp, I'd rather be precautionary with him than force him back into the lineup. Um, even for a division game. Um,
1: I think they're taking the smart way out. So, um, you know what? I think it's a toss up, but we'll see. All right. So, <clears throat> Real quick down and dirty, what's your prediction for the game? What do you think happens? And Chargers at home. I think the Chargers win this game
2: on strong defensive play, making Mahomes. They've got to get him to, to make a few mistakes. He is essentially second year, um, pretty much a rookie quarterback. We know he loves to play this form of street ball, um, get outside the pocket, 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 make some throws that you know, a lot of people can't make because he's got such incredible arm talent. Um, maybe you got to think, make him think he can do those things and take advantage of those attempts. Cause you know, he's not going to um, throw the ball over their heads multiple times for 60 yards. Um, we've got the cornerback talent to, to kind of put a cap on guys like Watkins and Hill. Um, I'm going to say 24 to
1: 21 chargers. Yeah, I think that's a lot closer to being right. So last night when I did the recharge with Ruben, um, which is also posted over on uh, Bolts from the Blue, um, when I did the recharge, you know, I, I was, I guess, being too optimistic, and I was assuming that they were just really being precautionary holding out Bosa yesterday, and that I was assuming he was going to come back and practice today and be able to be available in the game. Um, so I had the Chargers blowing him out. <laughs> I had the Chargers winning like really 31. Really? thirty one. him Oh, I had him winning like 31 to 17 because I just wow. I don't I don't see the Chiefs defense stopping the Chargers pass offense like almost at all. Um, but I I think that the the Chiefs are going to be able to put up probably another touchdown than I was thinking yesterday. So I'm still going to be I still think it's going to be a high scoring game, um, but I think it's probably closer to like 28-24 tomorrow. Do
2: you think, real quick, because I want to pick your brain, do you think they still do most of their damage with Kareem Hunt on the ground? Or do you think Mahomes is going to be able to not really have his way, but you know, complete more passes than you normally think he would or that we would expect
1: to have the Chargers let up? I think they are going to continue to do a ton of their damage on the ground. Um, the The Chargers finished last year like 31st in run defense and they didn't really do anything to fix that in the off season. Uh, we kept saying they should bring in a guy like Jonathan Hankins. Um, they didn't do that. They drafted a defensive tackle in the third round who hasn't played it down yet. So we don't know what kind of impact he's going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Joey Bosa is out of the game. So, I uh, you know, it, I think, you know, Kareem Hunt has had a, a ton of success against the Chargers. And it, the Chargers have been able to take away that Chiefs passing game pretty well. I mean, Tyree Kill did beat Casey Hayward deep uh, last year for a really big touchdown. But in the first game they played, they held Travis Kelsey to like one reception for one yard, which is unheard of. Travis Kelsey is is an, you know, epically uh, uh Fantastic wide receiver. I mean, at, at tight end, and he—they held him to one to one catch for one reception. Which yeah, is, I mean, he's yeah. arguably uh a top two tight end with Gronk being the oh, yeah. other tight end. Uh,
2: exactly, and that's
1: kind so, of first tier. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, the Chargers' defenses have has proven, uh, you know, and take it with a grain of salt because that was Alex Smith at quarterback, um but. They've proven that they can handle passing defense and passing offenses, and they haven't done anything really to improve the run defense. So I I think that that's got to be their first plan of attack is feed Kareem Hunt, um, especially getting him to the outside and just, you know, go to town on this Chargers run defense.
2: No, and I I definitely feel you on that. We didn't do anything in terms of uh, getting interior defensive line. Um, Jonathan Hankins would have been awesome. I don't think we should overlook the fact that they did add guys like Kaiser white. And of course, Derwin James. Um, because if if I look, think back to a lot of those big runs that cream hunt had against the chargers, especially in their first game in week three, um, cream hunt did a number on the guys like Trey Boston and, you know, a die. We like to think he does most of his best work near the line of scrimmage. And he's a good, uh, you know, defender in the run game. But I think we added a much better, overall player in derwin james as an upgrade to trey boston i remember specifically one run where trey boston just took the most piss poor angle and it almost looked like that dude was scared to come up and try and lay the wood on kareem hunt and i just don't see that happening anymore i feel like we have much better athletes at the second and third level um and i don't think we can overlook the possible um impact they will have on the run defense if you know, they know that their interior defensive line isn't going to do too much in terms of plugging up holes. Um, hopefully they just, you know, plug the gap they're supposed to and let the second and third level kind of clean up. Um, I think if anything,
1: that's the best way we can handle uh, the run game from the Chiefs. That's true. Yeah, they they did uh, add a lot of speed um, and and some, you know, some power tackling back there. I mean, yeah. Derwin's a, a much better hitter than, than Trey Boston was. Uh, you've got guys like Kazir White who can bring the lumber. You've got uh, in the preseason um, uh, Uchenna Nwosu was all over the field, he was, and, he was. and he he can. I mean, he he surprised me with the speed. I knew he was athletic, but he he was kind of like shockingly fast, moving sideline to sideline. So you're right; they, they did add some um, some good athletes at the second level, and not just athletes, but athletes who can tackle well. So hopefully that you know that that helps the Chargers kind of corral Kareem Hunt a little bit, but I think that is their their main game plan.
2: Mm, yeah, and just one last note. Um, again, you probably watched a little bit of Achenna in college, and we saw him. Obviously, we just talked about him being everywhere in the preseason, and same with Kaiser White. Um, Nuosu and White are by far two of the stickiest tacklers I have seen play for the Chargers in several years. Um, Denzel Perryman is a great linebacker. I think he's the best linebacker on the team right now. Um, Jatavis obviously has taken a step back and hasn't figured out how to put any foot forward, um, to get back to his rookie form or even build upon that Kaiser white and Shannon are sticky, sticky tacklers. And I think again, that is super underrated by them. Uh, I don't know how many missed tackles cream hunts so good at, uh, he has got such a great contact balance, evading tackles, breaking tackles. Um, I think we added, awesome defenders whose plus plus traits in their game um directly affect cream's best traits so he breaks tackles we have guys who do not miss tackles so i'm really excited honestly to see that uh, matchup on sunday i think it's going to be
1: the main one that i am looking for so (laughs) uh, one thing i got to address real quick uh Mm -hmm. As this podcast goes on, and as we continue to, you know, as we continue to evolve this, uh, I guess I'm going to have to try and break you of this this we habit. That's right. I uh, I caught myself saying it, and
2: then I just heard Richard, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It's a podcast. What? Um, <laughs> because I don't really get, I understand like he doesn't like the we, and I'm I'm sure you're going to
1: probably edit all this out or whatever. Um, but, oh no, I'm leaving all this in here. This first episode, I'm going to do very minimal editing on.
2: All right, whatever. Um, I know the rules, but at the same time, we are the voice of the fans, so whatever. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation,
0: and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do
1: anything smart. All right, so uh, let's roll into the the fantasy aspect. So as we were just saying... um. Offensively, I think the Chargers are going to put up a lot of points, and I think it's a good week to pretty much start any of the Chargers' offensive players that you have on your roster. Um, I think even Austin Eckler might be, you know, if you've got a, if you've got like a super flex, uh, super flex league, or or you're you're questioning your current player in flex, I'd even throw Austin Eckler in there. But I think Keenan Allen is a for sure start. I think Philip Rivers is a for sure start this week. Um, even, even with his history last year, throwing six interceptions and one touchdown, I think he turns that around because tomorrow's kind of a low pressure situation. Um, I think he puts up really good numbers at quarterback tomorrow. I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a good day. Uh, even if it's not just, just in the run game, I mean, he's going to probably catch, you know, three, four, five passes tomorrow. Um, I, he's going to come away with at least one touchdown. So, you know, for me, it's pretty much, if you have a chargers offensive player, that's that's not Travis Benjamin, I say, go ahead and start him.
2: Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, and maybe not Virgil Green, honestly. And I'd probably be a little wary of Antonio
1: Gates. Uh, if yeah. If you, if you drafted Virgil Green, you've already messed up.
2: Yeah. Unless you're in an impossible 18 to 20 team league and you actually are scraping that far <laughs> on the barrel. Um, I don't think so. But yeah, I'm going to pretty much echo um, your points. Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen are obvious. Uh, for sure, starts. You have last year's wide rec- wide receiver three in ESPN scoring. I think Melvin Gordon was running back five. Um, obvious, obvious must starts. Phillip Rivers for sure. I know he's had the history, especially last year. But those defensive backs are gone. The bane of his existence was Marcus Peters, and he is out of there. The defense is so much younger. Um, and I think his offensive weapons in general are much much better. Um, this year. Um. Again, Gates, not really sure how much he's playing. Uh, He's super touchdown dependent throughout the season. Um, So I think we got to think about that going forward. But um, what do you think? Because a lot of people have asked me this question and I'm still figuring it out because in a couple of leagues, I have both of them. Would you start Mike Williams or Tyrell Williams if you
1: had to choose one? So, uh, you know, honestly, I think I would probably start Tyrell week one until we see um some solid evidence a, a solid track record of Rivers getting the ball to Mike Williams and Mike Williams being able to produce and by a solid track record I mean like if he if like in the first 2 weeks he gets like 6 or 7 red zone targets and comes away with a touchdown or two I think then you then you start you know putting Mike Williams in over Tyrell but un, until until Mike Williams proves, like until the team proves that Mike Williams and Rivers have some kind of connection, and the game plan is to use him in the red zone, I don't, I don't think you start Mike Williams over Tyrell.
2: Yeah, I think you're correct. Um, I don't think you start obviously an unproven commodity until he has proved uh, anything whatsoever. And I think it'll be important, at least watching this first game, who is going to be the second wide receiver in two wide receiver sets along with Keenan Allen, I think that should play a role in who you decide to start. But at the same time, without Hunter Henry in the lineup, you would expect the Chargers to run a lot more three wide receiver sets or even three wide receiver two running back sets. I mean, without Virgil Green, I mean, I don't even think we need Virgil Green half the time to to be able to imagine um, a formation, a package with uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, and then Eckler and Gordon in the backfield. That is formation pornography and i would love to see that on a weekly basis i just think in terms of getting the most playmaking ability out on the field how could you not do something like that
1: yep I totally agree i think the one chargers uh fantasy uh thing that I'd caution this week is i don't know if i if you have two defenses and one of them is the chargers i would i would look at what your other your other defensive matchup is because i i just i have a feeling the chargers might Uh, give up a decent amount of points this week and without Bosa in there, you're not going to get your, you're not, you're probably not going to wind up with, you know, your bonus sack points. Um, And because of the, the slightly reduced pass rush, the likelihood of interceptions kind of goes down a little bit. So I'd caution against starting the chargers defense this week, but I mean, on paper, it's a, it's a good group. And I mean, if, if that's what you want to do, go for it, but yeah.
2: Okay. So I think it's time for our draft prospect of the week. Wouldn't you say? Yep. I think it's time to roll in. All right. Guys, so, so this, <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. We're going to figure that out, I guess, as, as the, the show goes <laughs> on, who's going to talk about what, and maybe, uh, whatever, we're going to figure it all out. We got time. This is the first episode. Anyway, guys. So our draft prospect of the week is Jeffrey Simmons of Mississippi state. He is a defensive tackle. Um, some people say he's about, 63300 but his roster page says he's 64310. I'm going to go with the fact that he's 64310 cuz that sounds much better as a defensive tackle prospect especially for what the Chargers will want along their defensive line. Um a couple of stats from last year uh he was a pretty decent player um through his first couple of years he was he was a true junior last year I believe. Um and he was actually the first SEC player to lead the nation in blocked punts and kicks with three since 2004. I just thought that was kind of crazy. Um, he ranked 11th in the SEC with 12 tackles for loss. He was a consensus first team, all SEC pick with his teammate Montez sweat, who might be another player we talk about later on in the future. Um, five sacks from the defensive tackle position, 41 pressures and actually forced two fumbles and recovered another pair. Um, he had an absolute fantastic performance against, uh, Louisiana tech where he actually scored two touchdowns. Now just think about that for a second. He's a defensive tackle 6'4, 310, and he scored two defensive touchdowns in this game. The first one was a blocked punt that he actually just recovered in the end zone. And another one was a scoop and score fumble that he took 90 yards for a touchdown. I can't believe I didn't hear about that beforehand. You think it would have been on the news or Twitter would have shared it, you know, hashtag fat guy touchdown, hashtag big guys doing big things, that sort of thing. Um, can't believe I missed it. But going into uh 2018, he is a preseason All-American. Um, I watched a little bit of film. Stanley did as well. Um, I watched LSU specifically, and he looked really good in the run game. Uh, made a couple good plays against uh, second round draft pick, Darius Geis, uh, who is with the Redskins right now. Um, Stanley, tell me a little bit of what you thought about Simmons.
1: So uh, first off, uh, a couple more little stats here. So he had uh, 60 tackles last year and 12 of them were tackles for a loss. And he he has picked up right where he left off because in his one game this year, he has four tackles and three and a half of them were tackles for a loss. Oh boy. Um, he is he is just a freak. He so a, a couple little things to point out here. So he is actually last year was his true sophomore year. He's a true junior this year. So okay. he's draft eligible this year, um, and he he is currently, according to Mississippi State, he is currently benching 450, squatting 600, and at 6, even on the low side, at 6'3", 300 pounds, he only has 15% body fat. Like, he is absolutely rocked out. Uh, when you see him on the field you wouldn't think that he's an interior defensive lineman. Like he's built almost like a slightly thicker Joey Bosa, um, but they play him right in the middle. They have a lot of like three, like or three and five man front, a lot of odd fronts and they have him right in the middle, lined up over the nose to uh, over the center. um, And he is just, what stood out to me is he's exactly what the Chargers defense looks for in an interior defensive lineman because he can penetrate and he shoots gaps well. Um, but the the good thing about him, the upgrade that he would, he would bring to this defense is he can do that while also playing the run effectively. Uh, the Chargers have a lot of defensive tackles right now, like Darius Phylon, who are really good at penetrating. They kind of cause chaos back there. Uh, but they aren't so great at at playing the run and 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 stonewalling offensive linemen and not getting pushed around. And that's what Simmons does. I mean, I, I watched two games. I watched LSU and Arkansas, and neither of those lines could move him if he didn't want to be moved. Like they there they usually ran away from him, and he still found ways to shoot gaps and make tackles for a loss. Um, he just. He's super powerful and it looks like he does have a really good repertoire of pass move, pass rushing moves um he you know he's got a really good bull rush he's got a really good rip um i I saw him use a spin effectively i mean he's he looks like a really good complete package on the field no and you got
2: that right uh, I was checking around the internet seeing what everyone else has to say about it um and the consensus is yeah he is a very good uh player of the run um one thing I noticed that I didn't notice while watching him is someone brought to the, uh, to the light that he has a very squared stance. And for you guys who haven't played football or can remember or ever played defensive line, um, you're sort of in a modified track stance. So, you know, depending on what side of the field you're on, uh, you got one leg forward, one leg back sort of thing. So Jeffrey Simmons plays with a square stance that actually burdens him from getting off the line as quick as possible. And, uh, Um, essentially it, it, it all comes down to form where, uh, you just apply more pressure to the ground and you can get up the field faster, but, um, he plays in mostly a four point stance, So it's not super crazy that he's got a square stance, but this does help him stay stout, keep his base in the run game, which obviously shows in his film. Um, he locks out his arms, uh, with tremendous force. He is not moved whatsoever. Going back to the LSU game. Um, LSU has a left guard. His name's Garrett Brumfield. And in their first game, actually, Nick Brosette, their running back, popped off a 50 yard touchdown run against Miami last week. And it was all because of some extreme effort by Garrett Brumfield. He's a 6'3, 300 pound uh, left guard who's actually one of the top uh, interior offensive line draft prospects. Um, Simmons had his way with Brumfield in their game against LSU, led to a couple tackles for loss against Darius Geist. The guy is a player and he definitely shows out against the top talent uh the top you know other draft talent um in the league right now excuse me the country this isn't the nfl yet um (laughs) he's definitely a guy to to look forward he's got it all um whether he you know puts on a little more weight i i don't really see him being a nose tackle playing that one um i think the more important position is finding that one instead of another penetrating three tech uh even with Corey illusion obviously underwhelming the last couple of years. You can probably say that I think zero sacks from a former first round pick is underwhelming. So um, we'll see. But Jeffrey Simmons is a very, very talented draft prospect and definitely going to be one of the guys that I keep watching
1: going forward. See, and I, and that's, I guess that's where we kind of disagree is I think he could play that one. Like he definitely does not look like your prototypical zero or one technique because he's so trim. Mm -hmm. Um, But he I mean, he's kind of like Forrest Lamp on the defensive line. Like he's just he's so strong and so good technically um, that he could play any position you put him in on the defensive line. And he's just he's so athletic that he just overwhelms people. I mean, I'm already salivating thinking about when the Chargers uh, do that, do that overload formation where they put Bosa and Ingram on the same side. And just thinking about like Bosa on the edge, Ingram uh, at the three, and then uh, Simmons at the one. I mean, there's nothing you can do to stop that. Somebody's getting a sack on that play every single time. He's just, he he looks like a really solid package. Um, he's He doesn't have any injury history. Uh, he's just a, a really good athlete, and he's good at what he does. And, and one of the positive things, so when I was looking around at tape, I found a clip of him. They had they basically they had him mic'd up at the start of uh, Mississippi State's training camp this year, and in between almost every play, he's talking, telling the other defensive linemen like, "Hey, I just noticed you were doing this wrong. Uh, you need to clean this up a little bit." Or, "Oh, I saw what you did with your hands there. That was a nice move." Like he was he was doing taking little coachable moments and sharing his knowledge with the rest of the offense, uh, the defensive line, uh, and that was really cool to see. Like those are the, the those are Tom Telesco kind of players guys that are our leaders like that um but I guess we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh the one red flag that he's got um is uh he has a, a, a technically he has like a a a character question mark so when he was like seventeen or eighteen, like he had just graduated from high school, he was committed to Mississippi state there was basically a street fight that involved his sister and another female and somebody was videotaping it. And basically at one point he jumps in and kind of yanks the other girl off his sister and then throws a couple of punches at her while she's on the ground. Um, A lot of people made a big deal out of it. it. You know, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like, yeah, it was a cheap shot against a girl who was already on the ground, but at the same time, like that was his sister that she was trying to beat up. So, you know, I, I don't know if I would have just stood by. I mean, I probably would have handled it differently. I probably would have just like tried to rip my sister away and keep her away. And yeah, I don't think either
2: of us would have ever threw a punch at (coughs) girl because you'd like to think everyone knew better. Um, So yes, he could have just ripped out his sister from the fight. Um, It was very, very unfortunate, Um, quite surprising that he did stay. I know it was a sister, blah, blah, blah. But, Uh, I think he is very lucky to have stayed, you know, a bulldog and go into Mississippi state after uh, an incident like that.
1: But yeah, but uh, since then, I mean, he's had like, he's had zero issues. Um, Everything I've read is that he's an exemplary member of the team. Uh, He's doing, he's been on the honor roll or the Dean's list or something like that. The last couple years as well. Yeah. So you like, I think that was just him being a young, dumb kid. I mean, high school kids fight. It's kind of what they do. Um, and so, you know, I, I think he's, you know, he's come a long way. This isn't, this isn't, um, you know, uh, a a recent thing. Um, it was three years ago. He was a dumb kid. So, I mean, obviously it's going to come up like this is one of those things that it's going to get talked about basically every, like, as soon as he starts slipping in the draft, it's going to come up. Uh, but it'll probably come up in the whole process before that. But, yeah, like we said, a really good prospect overall. I think he fits in the Chargers' defense. He's he's the kind of defensive tackle that they like, um, that they want in their defense. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. All right. Any last things about Jeffrey Simmons? No, I think that's it. I, I mean, yeah, I liked what I saw on tape. And, uh, yeah, so everybody start. If, if you want to start making a list to keep track of, as we get ready for draft draft season, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi state, he's number 94. And I think that about does it for today's episode. Um, I'm going to, this is going to, you know, we're going to post it, uh, today's Saturday. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll get, get, start getting you guys ready for the games every week. Um, and start getting your little draft cheat sheets put together. Uh, Michael, any last thoughts before we sign off?
2: Um. Yeah. Just want to go ahead and, and thank everybody who's uh watching, listening, <laughs> watching, listening right now. Um, because we absolutely appreciate it. Um, as we kind of get this thing rolling. Um, and please, uh, be patient. We're obviously gonna uh work out the kinks and stuff like that. I know I'm gonna have kinks. This is the first podcast that I am co-hosting or have any way uh host responsibilities whatsoever. So. I just really appreciate it, and uh, I thank you guys so much as we figure this out. It is 2.06 a.m. my time, just so you guys are aware of the circumstances. Um, with work schedules and stuff like that, me and Stanley are, are doing this pretty much when we can. And Stanley is two hours behind me in Denver while I am in Savannah, Georgia. So um, these episodes might get a little silly, but um, you know what? That's kind of what we want to do in a podcast, so it's not just all uh, work, work, work. Um, bore you guys to sleep. So um, as the episodes keep on going, we hope to get better. We hope to be more enjoyable to listen to and hope this is something that you all want to come back each and every Saturday to listen to us um, basically shoot the shit and talk about stuff that you guys really want to hear. So
1: thanks again. Um, and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Yep. Yeah, and so again, uh, I'm Matthew Stanley. You can find me on Twitter at bolt fan in Denver. My co-host has been Michael Peterson. You can find him on Twitter at zone tracks and I'll be setting up a Twitter for this podcast called at almost game day. Uh, You can send us questions there. You can interact with us there. We're both going to have access to it. Um, So, you know, we'll, I don't know if we'll let you know which one of us is answering, but you know, somebody will answer you. Um, And yeah. And, and all of our episodes are going to be posted at bolts from the blue uh, for now. Um, And, here shortly we might have it worked out so that you can actually have a place to subscribe and download them on your mobile devices so thanks again everybody have a great saturday and uh hopefully the chargers have a win for us tomorrow
2: We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.